five, four, three, two, one, boom. We're live. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Got a great show planned today. It is May 28th, 2018. Everybody, episode one, excuse me, episode 13 of Segments. It's great to have you guys here yet again. We got a great show planned for you guys. We just wrapped up episode 141 of Segments. Yes, uh, excuse me, not of Segments of the G Meeker MMA show, which was yesterday. And now we're back for the second day in a row to talk about everything. Everything we didn't talk about yesterday. You know, yesterday was, was kind of rushed. We are on a time schedule today as well, but we have a lot more time than we did before. It's great to be back. Sit back, relax. Whatever you need, whatever you need is whatever you need. Sit back, relax, prepare, drink a beer, kick your feet up, smoke a joint, because we're fucking live, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a great show planned. Today, we'll be talking about the upcoming fight night in Liverpool. We got uh, UFC Liverpool uh, headlined, UFC's first trip to Liverpool, for those who didn't know, headlined by... Steven Wonderboy Thompson taking on Darren Till in the main event. Five-round welterweight fight. That's a great fight. That's one of the most anticipated fights for a very long time, which I've been looking forward to. You know, the ascension of Darren Till has been quite amazing in the UFC. He's had he's had amazing wins. He has a lot of hype behind him. You know, he has a main event win against Donald Cerrone, which he looked fantastic against. Uh, cowboy and that really generated him to a different level in a lot of people's minds and as well as pose you know a a significant threat for the entire welterweight division so we're going to see that fight that's an exciting fight i can't wait to talk about that with you guys as well as ufc 225 we're going to talk a little bit more about that the return of the infamous cm punk making his mma return we talked a little bit briefly about it yesterday on the g meeker mermay show I give my thoughts about him. I gave my thoughts on on him returning to fight as well as staying in the category of people returning to fight. Former UFC light heavyweight champion, longtime light heavyweight champion, Chuck the Iceman Liddell appeared, I think, a week or so ago on the MMA Hour Ariel Hawani show, stating that he is officially back and, you know, he's ready to fight. His last fight was, uh, I think, UFC 115 against Rich Franklin, and he lost that fight. It was one of the ending fights of his career. I think that's the last fight, the last fight he ever had in MMA, and it didn't go so well for him. Now Chuck Liddell is 48 years old, looking to resume his fight career here in 2018, a little bit later on in the year. A little bit towards the end of the year, he's looking to return against two. I don't know. There has been a lot of rumors. He said he wanted to fight John Jones. I don't fucking think that's going to happen. He said he wanted to uh, fight Tito Ortiz. And, and, and I, you know, if it comes down to that kind of fight... You know, if it comes down to that, Tito wants it. I know he would look to get redemption. He would want uh, uh, on Chuck. Chuck is 2-0 against Tito. So, you know, the, the fire flames for that fight really don't excite me as much as if it was a different fight. You know, I'm not too keen on Chuck returning, you know, because he has had a long history in the sport. Um, 
you know, he has been knocked out a few times in UFC and uh, in his MMA career as well. It's been it's been very dangerous for the Iceman. I just don't um, I just don't know where his head at, head is truly at right now. I don't know if he wants to return because he's he's in desperate need for money because he doesn't have a solid job with UFC as an ambassador as he used to. I don't know what's going on. Maybe Jack has the itch to fight. Maybe he never truly wanted to live. Uh, not to, not soon not to live. Maybe he truly never wanted to leave, not live. Um, and who, who knows what's going on with that whole entire thing. Who knows what's going on as well as the return of CM Punk UFC 225 and you know a couple of fights on there There's a fight. I wanted to pay attention close attention to staying at 170 pounds Colby Covington versus Rafael Dos Anjos for the interim UFC welterweight title that fight will be happening I think June 5th on UFC 225 that is the co-main event title fight headlined by another title fight in the 185 pound division Robert Whitaker versus Yoel Romero serves as a main event. So let's not waste any time, ladies and gentlemen, as well as talking about the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix. You know, round one has happened. Round two has happened. Ryan Bader just made round three. Had the final first round of the Grand Prix. Ryan Bader knocks out King Mo in 15 seconds. How fucking great has Ryan Bader looked since moving on to the Bellator banner. His last loss, if you guys don't remember, was against Anthony Johnson. He was on a tear before he fought Anthony Johnson. That was supposed to be his fight to get to the title fight. That doesn't happen. He loses a rumble. He, he, he knocks out Leo Latifi in spectacular fashion. Beats Noguera. And goes on over to the Bellator cage, avenging his loss against Phil Davis, um, beating down Linton Vassell, and now he's three and zero with that fifteen second knockout over King Mo. So that's an excellent, uh, that's an excellent, you know, an excellent resurgence for one Ryan Bader, who looks to continue his quest to being a two division champion, now being a light heavyweight champion in Bellator, and now making his run to possibly. Be the first or be the Bellator's heavyweight Grand Prix champion as well. You know, he has a date with Matt Mitrione that has not been officially announced yet, but that is one of the fights that they're looking to make. Overall, it's a great, fantastic fight card. I, I can't wait to see what will happen. But let's start on over on UFC 225, which is headlined by Robert Whitaker versus Yoel Romero. I'm very excited for this fight. Robert Whitaker's looked absolutely phenomenal since moving back up to middleweight. Has some of the biggest wins of his career against Jacare Souza. He's he's knocked out. Um, he knocked out Jacare. He looked phenomenal against Jacare, and he beat Yoel Romero, as well as um, you know, obviously he fought. He was good at 170 pounds. He was great. He won the Ultimate Fighter at 170 pounds, coming up to middleweight, and looks absolutely phenomenal. So now, Robert Whitaker gets the chance to not right the wrongs, but essentially right the rights and prove to everybody that his first fight with Romero wasn't a fluke. And it was a it was a great fight. It was a great fight. It was a fantastic fight. The, the part that interests me, the part that fascinates me the most, 
And what makes me really appreciate Whitaker is the fact that he had a blown out knee in that first fight, in the first round of the first fight, and he was able to push through and stop almost every single takedown of Yoel Romero's. And if you can stop the takedowns and thwart the takedowns of Romero, that poses a huge problem for Romero. Not saying that Yoel is the type of guy to to rely just on his wrestling. For fuck's sake, he's coming. He's come so fucking far. And now he can knock you out on the feet. The thing that really fucking, you know, it's fucking amazing about Romero, just the fact that he is able to, you know, remain so calm. You can be in the biggest fight in the world and remain so calm. Yet Romero goes through all these different stages. He fights a certain way and boom, he explodes on you. Look what he did, Luke. Luke Rockle, that UFC 221. He beat the brakes off of Luke Rockhold. He knocked Luke Rockhold out just as everyone thought he would. And if you've seen that essential uppercut punch, uh, uh, the punch, the second punch that he landed en route to the knockout victory over Luke, that was harder than the first punch. So Romero no, is not no joke as well. He's a, he's lighting on his feet. He's a Cuban uh, Olympian. He's a freak of nature, physically gifted. He, he has knockout power in his hands, feet, and, you know, he's been not, known to throw flying knees, launch a couple of those, a la Chris Weidman. So it's definitely a dangerous fight for both men. You know, obviously looking at the first fight, and looking at the things, one thing I was thinking about was the fact that he blew his knee out in that first fight. Going back to this fight, I don't know if Romero is going to possibly do look to do some of the same things to him in this fight. I wonder how much his knee has held up. And, you know, we'd only know how he is once he comes back. Because, you know, it's been a while since Robert has, has fought. And um, now we're just looking for... He was supposed to come back at UFC 221. And that's originally uh, was supposed to be against Luke Rockhold because Luke Rockhold was coming off of a win over David Branch at the time. And uh, he was set to fight him. And he gets injured. Robert gets injured. Romero gets the call after losing to Whitaker the first time. So that's an excellent fight. I can't wait to see that fight. But let's move on over to the co-main event of the evening in the one in the welterweight division, 170 pounds. Colby Covington taking on... Rafael Dos Anjos. This is a fight that's been looked forward to for quite some time. You know, ever since Rafael Dos Anjos made his move to 170, everyone's been chomping at the bit to see him fight Colby Covington. You know, Colby Covington was talking about Rafael Dos Anjos at 155 pounds while Rafael was at 155 uh, 55 pounds. And, you know, finally we get this fight happening. We didn't know it was going to be for the interim welterweight title. Tyron Woodley has been out for a little bit over, a little bit close to a year. Now he just fought Damian Maya. And now we're looking at one of the most interesting fights, style wise, of all time. It's an interesting fight because you look at it stylistically. Kobe isn't the best striker. You don't think of elite level striker and think of Colby Covington. Now he does have some solid grappling skills, elite level grappling skills, very strong wrestling base. He's very strong. His striking is coming into his own. But if you look at striking wise and, and uh, fluidity and beautiful combinations and, and volume, I'd have to give that over to the red corner in the form of Rafael Dos Anjos. Because aside from this fight, I think Rafael Dos Anjos is a number one contender at 170 pounds. I think that he's the most well-deserving. He's been waiting for his shot at the champion, Tyron Woodley, for a long time. 
I'm curious to see how this fight will go. I'm curious to see how he would do against Tyron Woodley. I know this is an excellent fight for Colby. This is an excellent fight for Rafael Dos Anjos. And I don't know how this what's going to happen. You know, is Rafael Dos Anjos going to annihilate Colby Covington on the feet? Or is Colby Covington going to be able to get a hold of Dos Anjos? Because if you look at grappling-wise, Dos Anjos hasn't had the best of luck against elite-level grapplers, a la Habib Nurmagomedov. And uh, they're just, uh, you know, it's a it's a great it's a great fight. It's an interesting fight on paper. Obviously, the build up to this fight has been very very, um, and there's been a lot of animosity. You know, obviously, Colby Covington's gone, not only gone after Rafael Bolsonaro, he's been after Fabricio Verdum, uh, talking shit about Derek Lewis, Ron. I think Ronda Rousey. Who hasn't Colby talked about? That's a thing. So Colby's um, much definitely is 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 um, fighting a huge and very dangerous name in the form of Rafael dos Anjos, former UFC lightweight champion, top contender at 170 pounds. He's looked absolutely amazing, blasting through guys like Neil Magny, Tarek Safadine, and most recently Robbie Lawler, one of the most fantastic performances of his entire career. So that's a great fight. I can't wait to see it. If Colby can't stop the takedowns, good fucking God, what's going to happen with that one? I don't know. It's an interesting fight. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting contest on paper. I don't know what's going to happen. It's an excellent fight, though. I just want to know if Colby can grab a hold of Dos Anjos and put him on the canvas. If he's able to put him on the canvas, if he's able to make him uncomfortable, uses amazing grappling to stop the beautiful combinations of Dos Anjos. Because, you know, Dos Anjos has quick hips as well. He's fantastic on his feet. He has great takedown defense. So, you know, obviously it's going to be a big fight. It's going to be a huge fight, and I can't wait for that one. But uh, let's move. Let's stay at UFC 225 real quick before we get on to this next, uh, before we get to this weekend's fight night. And Liverpool, but the return of CM Punk. Now, I don't have a problem with Mike Jackson returning to the UFC. Obviously, you're not going to get somebody like a like a Damian Maya or uh, or um, a Tarek Safadine or a Rafael Dos Anjos for CM Punk's first fight. But they did get a Mickey Gall, which was a huge mistake as well. That was a fight that did not need to happen. You got. His, he got his ass beat in that fight. And, you know, everybody, it's a fist fight. Everybody gets into fist fights. And, and it's obviously a fighting organization. They're fighting. They're paid to fight. That's the thing. They're paid to fight. But you're paid to have experience as well. Because if you don't have experience, then you don't belong in the cage. And for CM Punk, CM Punk has never fought in a day in his life. Other than the fight with Mickey Gall, which wasn't really a fight. It was like an annihilation but, you know, he survived a couple of chokes. Not going to say that's going to win him a fight. You can survive all you want. You know, he started he started based on jiu-jitsu probably. He's been doing jiu-jitsu for quite some time. But, you know, just the fact that him being in a fight, being hitting, getting hit with a punch, reacting, defending takedowns, stopping takedowns, fighting, submitting someone, initiating a takedown. Does he know how to do that? No, he doesn't. He's never been in that kind of position in his entire life. So he hasn't been able to... He's never been in that kind of position before. So 
how in the world is he going to get through this if he's only been training for two years? He's only been training mixed martial arts, legitimate mixed martial arts for two years. He's been training for two years, maybe a little longer, but you got people that have been training since they were little kids, been wrestling since they were little kids. If you, if you can wrestle, you can fight. CM Punk didn't do any of those things. So my thoughts on CM Punk returning, the return of the great CM fucking Punk. Is he going to fight? Is he going to do good? What the fuck's going to happen? I don't know. I, last time he was inside of the octagon, he got smashed. He had no other previous amateur experience. He's hardly trained. Who knows how he looks in training. Obviously, he's been gone for a while. So he hasn't fought since UFC 207. So it's been a little bit over a couple of years. So that's going to be um, an excellent, obviously, an excellent uh, fight card. Obviously, on top of CM Punk being on pay-per-view. So it's going to attract a lot of listeners. Not listeners, a lot of listeners, a lot of viewers, excuse me, I'm thinking of the podcasting world, which I shouldn't be, but they're attracting a lot of viewers and, you know, pay-per-view points wise. If you're one of those people that get pay-per-view points, then definitely CM Punk being on that card will definitely get you some points. That's, that's for damn sure. You know, regardless of what happens, I really don't want to see anything bad happen to CM Punk. I know it takes a lot of guts. I said this a long time ago that, you know, it takes balls, massive balls in this kind of sport, you know, in front of millions of people, thousands of people to want to get in the cage and fight on national television, on pay-per-view or on free Fox TV, which would attract a lot more listeners. But it takes a lot of guts for him to do this kind of thing. So for CM Punk to do this kind of thing is very is a, is a huge step for him. And it's a huge you know, risk, risk for CM Punk being the fact that, you know, not only has he fought, um, not only has he fought only once, his only fight was a fight where he was mauled, absolutely mauled by Mickey Gall. But, you know, looking at Mike Jackson, doesn't look like he can throw a takedown. Doesn't look like he can initiate a takedown. So I think on the feet, we're going to see a little bit, somewhat a little bit more of what Punk can do. I'm not saying he's going to come in here and he has an opportunity to win against Mike Jackson. I mean, everybody has an opportunity. It's a fight. But the, the chance is very slim. Now, I don't see Mike Jackson going for takedowns or anything. I think this is going to be a pure stand-up fight. I don't know how good CM's stand-up is or how good his reaction time is or anything like that. But definitely is going to be um, an interesting fight for the fans. And it's going to... It's it's gonna be definitely it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun and interesting uh, interesting contest. I wish all the best for CM Punk. And now we can move on from the. I just quickly wanted to talk about UFC 225, but we can move on over to Bellator, the heavyweight Grand Prix. Obviously, there was a one uh, Matt Mitrione versus Fedor. I think that was before the heavyweight Grand Prix, but Mitrione just fought against Roy Nelson, defeated Roy Nelson. Um, Chael Sonnen defeated Rampage Jackson. 
And Ryan Bader defeated King Mo in 15 seconds. I mean, good fucking God. Ryan Bader has looked, like I was saying earlier, Ryan Bader's looked absolutely, absolutely phenomenal since moving over to Bellator. I don't think necessarily, this is one of the rare cases where you, you compare the two. There's a lot of people out there that compare Bellator, that compare UFC with Bellator, with 1FC, with uh, Titan FC, whatever, blah, 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 blah. They're always making all these comparisons. But, you know, I, I agree with some of the comparisons. Uh, I, I agree with the comparisons, but for this case, I feel Ryan Bader's just one of the one of the uh, best fighters on the planet. You know, he was one of the best fighters in the UFC. I really, 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 really wanted to see that fight with Cormier. Him versus Cormier. I wanted to see that in the UFC cage. But, you know, Ryan Bader is doing everything that he needs to do right now. Ryan Bader is is absolutely doing absolutely everything he needs to do. I mean, as a heavyweight, though, that's the thing. This is a heavyweight Grand Prix. He is making his appearance as a heavyweight and looking phenomenal. And we're going to talk about the picks. What do I think about this whole heavyweight Grand Prix? It's fucking exciting. Bellator is making its name right now. I had an employee come up to me and ask uh, at my job telling me that this whole thing Right now is what's popping in the MMA world. Bellator Grand Prix, something to look forward to. You know, early early 2019, we should know Ryan Bader should Ryan Bader or whoever wins out of Ryan versus Mitrione is gonna be crowned the champion. You know, it it all depends against who wins against uh, Fedor between the fight with Fedor and Matt uh, Fedor and Chael Sonnen and we got Ryan Bader and Matt Mitrione. So whoever wins out of Bader. And Mitrione and Sonnen versus Fedor is going to be winning. I think that Fedor will beat Chael Sonnen. I don't think Chael has enough uh, power and pop on his feet to be someone who has dangerous hands for a guy like Fedor. Fedor is more so the guy that has dangerous hands for Chael Sonnen. So uh, I kind of feel for Chael in that fight. That is a dangerous fight for Chael. That is a very uh, interesting fight. I want, I'm really, really curious to see that. I mean, for fuck's sakes, you got a former middleweight fighting a heavyweight. You know, and then again, going back to Ryan Bader, I think Ryan Bader can beat Ryan, Matt Mitrione. Matt Mitrione is one of the best in the world. Obviously, wasn't really necessarily one of the top-tier heavyweights in the UFC. Like, no one was talking about Matt Mitrione potentially fighting for a world title anytime soon. Obviously, it's a heavyweight division, and the heavyweight division is very shallow, but Mitrione, in my opinion, never really went up to those kind of stakes there. So, you know, Ryan Ryan obviously has wrestled at 200, uh, has wrestled for a very long time. You know, he walks around at 225 pounds plus, probably 230. So he's walking in there at 230. Matt Mitrione is probably 240 close to 260 so it's going to be an interesting fight you know weight has its advantages my god weight has its fucking advantages it just all depends on the way you utilize it your skills i mean if you go to matt mitrione um he he's good on his feet he, he he's very he's very elusive on his feet he has great footwork and for a man like that size to to uh move that way is it's it's stellar you know like i said footwork is very important movement's very important and getting in and out of the way being in and out cutting angles blah 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 all the above it's all very important 
And Matt Mitrione is the one that possessed that. Ryan Bader has power in his hands, and both these men have power in his hand in their hands. So it's definitely going to be a huge, a big fight, a big contest. It's not a wrestler versus a wrestler. It's kind of like a wrestler. You know, both men are very good wrestlers as well. Mitt Mitrione is no joke, most definitely. But you know, this is an excellent, uh, excellent tournament. I can't wait to see what happens. If you want to know who I'm picking, I think Ryan Bader wins this whole thing. I think he beats he beats Chael Sonnen. If anything. Fedor or Matt Mishrion could be the ones, but you know, I, I think Ryan is smart. Ryan is intelligent. He's fought for a very long time. He's fought against some of the best guys in the world. He's in one of the best spots in his entire life, if not in his absolute prime. If you thought his prime in the UFC was good. I mean, Ryan Bader has been in two primes of his career. Three primes, arguably. Early on in his career when he was undefeated. If you guys will remember, he was undefeated. He was 12-0. He fought John Jones. He lost. Then he... Uh, uh, fuck, who, who, he lost to Tito Ortiz, he's lost to Machida, he's lost to Teixeira, and he's lost to um, Ryan, uh, Anthony Johnson as well. But, you know, he's lost to a lot of the best guys in the world who are potential world champions or title, potential title challengers. So it was a, it was a, you know, it was a great career for him. Obviously, he had those two setbacks, two losses in a row, one to, uh, John Jones and one to Tito Ortiz after that, but then after that he went on to fight all the way to, uh, you know, after that loss to Johnson, he went to fight all the way and he won all the way till he fought Anthony Johnson. But ever since he's fought Anthony Johnson, he's been on an absolute tear, having absolute dominant victories over Antonio uh, Rogerio Noguera, as well as destroying Alir Latifi with that bomb ass knee from fucking hell. Like, it was a great fucking fight. Like, uh, it was great fucking fights. Ryan has looked good. He's come on over to the Bellator cage. He stormed in. He's looked good. He's beating the brakes off Lynn Vassell. He knocked out King Mo in 15 seconds. And he's uh, destroyed. He, he beat Phil Davis for the second time, consecutive time. So, Ryan, Ryan's looked good, and I can't wait to see what happens. Okay, look, one last thing. This is the last thing on today's episode of segments episode number 13 we've got ufc liverpool coming up this weekend and uh this fight with uh this fight with steven thompson versus darren till is a fight for the masses this is a fight we've been waiting for this is a fight that a lot of people have anticipated for a long time like i was saying earlier since darren till kind of made his rise you know, his first big fight was against Cowboy Cerrone. He decimated Cowboy Cerrone. He looked absolutely phenomenal. He looked like a potential world champion, future title challenger, and has lived up to the masses. But can he live up to the masses with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson? It's an excellent fight. You know, I, I can't wait to see what happens. You know, this is, you know, Stephen Thompson is the elite of the elite. He is one of the best in the world, you know. His only losses was to Matt Brown. One draw to Tyron Woodley and uh, one loss to Tyron Woodley by majority decision, which was also a very close fight. If you scored that fight for him, you know, there's no arguments there. It's huge arguments. You know, he won that fight. He could have won the first fight as well. You know, he got knocked down two times in both fights, once in every fight. And, you know, other than that, you know, he, he has a difficult his difficult style. Steven Thompson's style is so hard to handle. It's so difficult. It's tricky. And, uh, I don't know. There's not many people that can beat him. And as a guy like Stephen Thompson, how old is he? Like 34, 35? He's in, he's in his prime. He's been in his prime his entire career. Early on, he was, he was, uh, he was, you know, before his fight with Matt Brown, 
he was doing he looked good. he looked great as well. He has an amazing karate background. He's an excellent striker. And his last win was against Masvid Jorge Masvidal in New York. He looked great there. And um as well as, you know, Tyron, the fights with Tyron Woodley. You know, he's, he's coming off his fight with Jorge Masvidal. He looked good. He was injured for a little bit. I think his hand was injured. Uh, now he's coming back. He's fighting a dangerous guy in the form of Darren Till. Darren Till has a lot of hype. He's very talented. He has a lot of skills. He has all the skills in the world to be a former, uh, future world champion. It's just, can he live up to the hype? You know, everybody has a hype train. It's just a matter of if they can dictate the pace, if they can prove to everyone that the hype is real they can prove to everyone that everything that they're doing everybody anything anyone's ever said about these people are true it's true and i believe in them i believe in darren till this is just a fantastic fight you know a striker versus striker you know when i watched this fight with cowboy cerrone with darren till's fight with cowboy cerrone i felt that he looked like a potential world champion and as well as looking like shades of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So he looked good in that fight. He looked pretty fucking good. So I'm just curious to see how he looks. I can't wait to see this fight happen. This is an elite striker versus striker matchup. I do believe you will see a lot of striking in this fight. You know, chaotic chaos on both sides with both of these men. And I can't wait to see this fight. It's going to be excellent. Who am I going to pick? I can't pick this fight. This is too damn good of a fight to pick. And I can't wait to see what happens. So this is an excellent fight. You can catch it this weekend from UFC Liverpool. And if you guys want the actual date, I can provide you with that as well. I love you too. My baby girl's texting me. Fucking love that girl. I've been me, me and her have been hanging out for quite some time. Not Like we've been going out lately. You know, while... while uh, I haven't been doing the podcast. I've been hanging out with her and stuff and hanging, and, and just, you know, strengthening my relationship. Uh, let me see. Let me get that date. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let me see. UFC Liverpool. That's an excellent fight. It's a five-round fight, too, so... Right, UFC.com is the best. Okay, we got four minutes left on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just tell you guys quickly, uh, quickly just run down this line before we get out of here, guys. It's, it's fucking good to be back, honestly. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back on air. I'm glad to be doing this. Okay, UFC on FS1, UFC Fight Night Thompson versus Till, Sunday, May 27th from the Echo Arena in Liverpool, United Kingdom. The FS1 prelims start at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific. FS1 main card starts at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 p.m. Pacific. And we got some Fight Pass prelims as well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern Pacific. Can't wait for that one. Thompson versus Till. Don't miss it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has to do it for our podcast today, episode 13 of Segments. I appreciate you guys all joining me here for this brand new episode of the of Segments. Uh, basically, G Meeker MMA Show, but I thank you guys for joining us here on this episode. You guys know where to find me at G Meeker 
MMA, both on Instagram and Twitter. If you guys want to talk, if you guys want to reach out, if you have any questions, or want to talk about any fight talk, I'm right there. Snapchat at gmeeker underscore MMA, Facebook.com slash baby one, two, three, ladies and gentlemen. It was great. We had two podcasts back to back, and guess what? The best part is we will be back next week. G Meeker MMA out, baby.